Welcome to Wealth Curve Talk, hosted by John L. Smallwood, a certified financial planner and president of Smallwood Wealth Management. With over 30 years' experience helping people with wealth management strategies, financial planning, business ownership, estate planning, insurance, and more, John shares insight with you that you can use to gain financial confidence and peace of mind. And now, here's your host, best-selling author and six-time five-star Wealth Manager Award winner, John L. Smallwood. Hello, this is John Smallwood. Does your QBI come with salted bait? What the heck am I talking about? I'm talking about taxes, 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 and reduction of taxes, which is the most important part of any wealth plan. You have to pay the least amount of taxes during the accumulation phase while you're growing your wealth. You have to pay the least amount of taxes during the distribution phase while you're enjoying the wealth that you've accumulated, let's say, in retirement or a phase of retirement. And when you pass the wealth through to the next generation, you need to do the same thing, pay the least amount of taxes. Taxes are probably the greatest destruction or destructor of wealth that we know. It's one of those financial pressures that we always talk about. Every financial strategy that we're trying to do is designed to reduce the impact of taxation during those phases. When we start talking about things like QBI and SALT deduction and BATE deduction, people's heads roll over, right? So who benefits from a qualified business income deduction? Self-employed people who have passed through entities known as PTEs, right? Pass-through entity. QBI is a qualified business income deduction or 199A is the code that everybody talks about. So it's a 199A deduction or a qualified business income deduction. The power of that, if you own a pass-through entity such as an S-Corp, a LLC tax as a partnership, Anything that's passing through like that, you get to take a, if let's make an assumption for a second, I have $100,000 worth of profit in my S corporation or my LLC pass-through entity or in my, in my Schedule C, there's $100,000. That deduction, that income, the IRS basically has what's called a qualified business income deduction which was passed in the tax code changes of 2017 under the Trump tax laws. That deduction is either 20% or 50% of the annual of the payroll that you have in your business, whichever one is less. So therefore, let's assume the 20% for a second. Okay, there comes some limitations and some caps on the income and the types of businesses and qualified business income. I don't want to get into that today, but what I want to focus on is that qualified business income deduction, if I made $100,000, I'm only paying taxes on $80,000. That is a tremendously valuable deduction for business owners. If you look at what has happened to the economy, when I went to Bentley, we had an economics class, money in motion is the most important part of a healthy economy. When money's not in motion, people aren't spending it. We don't have a healthy economy. We saw a tremendous spur in spending as a result of tax policy, right? So money was in motion. Now, that business income deduction in the same tax law, 2017, they limited the state and local 
tax known as SALT, right? So you have the SALT deduction that everybody's talking about. It was limited to $10,000. So states like New Jersey, California, New York, the high state taxes, people making $100,000, you might be paying five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 in state level taxes. You have real estate taxes in these states that are ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000. So you might have thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 of taxes, state and local taxes, but you're only able to take a $10,000 deduction, which there was a mass exodus out of the states. So that SALT deduction was painful. A lot of people, even though they were limited with their SALT deduction because of the new tax brackets and the higher brackets, you didn't reach the top tax bracket until about $600,000 worth of income, where in the old tax law, it was at about 400000 So there were some interesting things in there within the SALT deduction, but people were very upset about not being able to do that. So fast forward, the IRS in November of 20 passed a, um, a regulation that allows pass-through entities to take the deduction for state-level taxes. So that same entity that has that $100,000 profit now gets to take the state income tax and paid by the corporation, the S corporation, the LLC, the pass-through entity, and take a deduction for it at that level. So instead of having, let's say you had $10,000 worth of tax, instead of having a $100,000 profit, you now have a $90,000 profit. And you would still qualify for the qualified business income deduction. So you would now pay taxes on 80% of the $90,000, right? So as you start to think about that, that deduction becomes very, very powerful. Probably one of the biggest missed deductions out there of last year because it was new. We came in at the end of the year. They had been talking about it the entire year, but they didn't have it set up. And, you know, would you rather pay tax? That's a, my wife is a teacher and she plays a game with her students. Would you rather have something like this or something like that? Would you rather pay tax on $100,000 or $72,000 is the right question, right? So with that $10,000 deduction with the bait tax, which is the next term, right, which is in New Jersey, it's the business alternative ta income tax. Very recently, we had we only had about five or six states that were doing it, and about 16 states over the last month have passed their own alternatives. Even California has passed a similar alternative allowing, and everybody calls it something different, but the idea is that that bait tax, you have to go on, you have to make an election. There's a whole series of very, very important steps that have to happen, and that becomes a big deduction for the corporation, for the personal thing. It allows you to get that deduction for the state and local taxes. This deduction, it looks like as we get through this calendar year and we start looking at tax law changes that are coming, the SALT deduction appears it's going to stay low. It, it, it's something that I think is really interesting, despite all the states that are losing people, the Democratic states, the New, you know, the New Yorks, the New Jerseys, the Californias, and people are migrating to tax-free states such as Florida, as an example, right? The, the idea is that if they, in the tax law, if they don't repeal this, the SALT or there might be some 
cap to it where they don't limit it at 10,000, they might limit it at you know, 30,000. There's a whole conversation about phasing out deductions, et cetera. What's interesting is when we're doing the tax planning, we're sitting here in advance knowing that we have tremendous tax law changes coming at us. As we sit here, as I record this in the middle of July of 2021, we don't know what the tax laws are going to be at the end of the calendar year, but we know more states have passed this, so we better take advantage of it. I better maximize that qualified business income deduction, why it's here. More importantly, maximize the SALT deduction, which is that bait tax, right? So the idea is that if I have a corporation, I want to make sure that I am paying myself reasonable compensation, structuring it the right way, putting as much profit into the qualified business income deduction, the 199A. Am I maximizing the way I'm going to do that? And am I taking advantage of all the tax deductions that are available at the corporate level and the personal level? Because when you start thinking about your wealth and the creation of your wealth, that's my book, my Amazon book, my Amazon best-selling book, It's Your Wealth, Keep It, is number one in retirement planning, number two in wealth management uh, for a little while in December of last year. The idea is it's your wealth. You want to keep as much of it as you can. When you pay more taxes than you should, you have what's called an opportunity cost. If I pay $10,000 more in tax than I should have, that I could have paid less, not only have I lost the $10,000, i have lost the future value of what that $10,000 could be put to work in my business, put to work in a stock portfolio, put to work in some protection device in my plan. To, to protect me, the value of that is much more valuable in your personal plan than in the IRS's plan. And this is, when you start thinking about it, all over your financial plan, you have these financial leaks, these tax leaks. So the strategies that we are looking at are hurting our wealth and by creating tax issues. So there's so many things as you go through the course of a calendar year that you want to make sure that those deductions are being maximized at every level. Your bait, your salt, your QBI, the 199A, whatever you want to call it, all of these things are extremely powerful. And I think if you look at this at the beginning of this year or into right now, if you can maximize that by the end of the year, see how the tax laws change, and then you probably have to come up with another strategy that they're going to put out there that we're going to have to figure out to go forward with. Um, I've been doing this for 30 years, and every couple of years you get new tax laws, you get new ideas, you get new thinking, but the problem is thereafter, you know, the taxation is coming and we need to minimize what that is. So just to kind of refresh this and kind of go cleanly through this, Pass through entities, S corporations, LLCs, tax like a partnership, partnerships, things like that are pass through entities, which means the profits pass to your personal tax return and you pay tax on the personal tax return. The SALT deduction occurs on your personal on your 1040. That's when you itemize your deductions. Many people take the standard deduction because that has been high for the last few years. Business owners, who have mortgage interest. So when you start thinking about it, you've got medical deductions, SALT, state and local tax, mortgage interest, uh, charitable contributions, and also 
some miscellaneous expenses. It's called other, and there's different things in there. The tax law changes of 17 took away a lot of those deductions, such as investment management fees, et cetera. But you're making a decision there to say, can I get more than $24,000 in that strategy of deduction? Take the standard deduction at 24 or move this over here and try to itemize and get more. The medical deductions, if you have them, you want to take them, but this not something that we're, you know, we don't want to plan that, okay? <laughs> it's not a good planning strategy, but you want to maximize that SALT deduction as much as you possibly can. And as we think about it, as we move forward, if they're making changes to the way we're going to either have that standard deduction or itemize our deduction, different things become more valuable as we move forward. Many people right now, despite having extremely low mortgage interest rates, do not benefit from the mortgage interest deduction because they're taking the standard deduction, not the itemized deduction. If when the tax law sunsets under the current tax law, it's automatically sunsetting in 2025 into 2026, and we revert back to the pre-2017 tax law, and that your SALT would be repealed, then your mortgage interest now becomes extremely important. You would go back to itemizing. So we have to think through the future to say, where will I be? Don't know, okay? But a good indication of the wealth that I've created, the income that I'm earning, the things that I'm doing, will that, could that, is a better way, could that mortgage interest be more valuable, right? So how do we maximize that whole itemized deduction, taking the, having the corporation, having that pass through entity and taking the, as much deductions at that level that I possibly can. So less passes through to your personal tax return. That is really smart planning, getting as much money into qualified business income deduction as I possibly can is also smart, depending upon the business that you're in and the type of business. Uh, there are a series of limitations that are out there. We had an older podcast when it first came out that uh, I forget what the actual number is, but it's you'll see it. It talks all about it. It's on the web page. Um, but I think what I think the most important thing right now is to step back and take a look at the last six months. How did you do through June 30th? How did you do through July, through the end of July or the end of August? And what can I do right now to restructure the way? I'm paying taxes at my corporate level. Uh, each state has a different nuance, so your tax professional becomes extremely important in this process. But your financial advisor looking down and saying, how do we minimize the tax in today? And what strategies can we put in play today that will help reduce the taxes moving forward? We have seven things that we're always trying to do in the plan. Reduce taxes today and throughout the entire accumulation phase and distribution phase. Most people are deferring into, you know, much higher brackets. Their their strategies are compounding their taxes, making them bigger, which is destructing wealth. They're taking a lot more risk. So we want to focus on reducing risk. We want to focus on reducing fees and costs. We want to focus on increasing the savings rate, right? So that without hurting lifestyle, if you're recycling expenses and waste and putting it back into the savings rate, you're increasing the probability of that success. We want to make sure that you have the maximum amount of protection and benefits around that wealth. We want you to spend as much money as you humanly possibly can 
in retirement, and then ultimately, number seven, pass the maximum amount of wealth to your family. And all seven of those things should be happening at all times, at all places, right? So the best place to start is to get a current updated strategy. Work with your financial advisor. We do what we call a wealth curve blueprint, which is a our design is to basically take both the personal and the business and understand where you are. Two, into that blueprint, you go through a scorecard and understand where, where, where the leaks are and are we taking advantage of everything that we can? And now how do we move for the end of the year to make these deductions happen? Um, you can actually, if you're a client, you can do a catch-up call. Um, if you're new to Smallwood Wealth Management, you can actually set up a um, no-obligation-free 30-minute call that we call a wealth curve conversation. It's about you. It's about your wealth. It's about what's going on. And you're going to work with one of our qualified advisors. And we're going to make a, you know, we're going to understand where your pressures are and make a determination whether or not we're a good fit to work together. Think of it as an interview of us and, and, and we, an interview of you, but there's no fee. There's no obligation. It's actually, most people say it's probably one of the best calls that they've actually had about their wealth. Um, so that I, you can go online, you go right to the website, Smallwood Associates, um, dot com or smallwoodwealth.com or johnlsmallwood.com and schedule it right there. There's availability of time. It looks for who's available, or you can call the office at 800-797-1000. Talk to Ariana and she'll get you on the calendar. Whoever answered the phone can get you on the calendar as soon as possible. We have a lot of resources that, you know, multiple podcasts, different white papers and things that you can download. Um, we have a YouTube channel. There's a lot of stuff that we put out here to help you make good decisions. The ultimate goal is to make sure that we achieve the seven principles, you know, reducing taxes, reducing risk, reducing fees and costs, increasing savings, increasing protection, enjoying the wealth by spending it and passing more to your family. Which of the seven do you not want, right? I'm kidding. But the reality is, this is such an important thing. I look forward to speaking with you. And if you got any questions, uh, you can email us at uh, clientservices at smallwoodwealth.com. And that comes to the general mailbox. Everybody gets that. So we can, we can help you make good decisions. Great to talk to you. Uh, thanks for listening. If you haven't done so, subscribe to the podcast um, on your favorite medium. Um, and share it with friends because I think it's a great opportunity for people to listen to different alternatives and different ideas. Um, typically, we have different guests and different people from different places, different advisors trying to help us make these decisions. Thank you. Wealth Curve Talk with John L. Smallwood is brought to you by Smallwood Wealth Management, an investment advisor representative. Strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone, and the information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action as information and or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. 
past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Smallwood Wealth Management provides content that is true and accurate as of the date of publishing. However, we give no assurance or warranty regarding the accuracy, timeliness, or applicability of any of the contents. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this website or podcast and disclaim all liability in respect of such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions, misleading, or defamatory statements. Thank you for listening.